Get ready for a new episode of KP Talks Dollars and Cents. Learn financial literacy and get real-time updates on all things housing, finance, and real estate with your host, Kevin Perenio. As an owner and C-level executive for 20-plus years in finance, KP is here to serve you with all of his knowledge and experience. Whether you're a broker, realtor, or just interested in the economy, this is the podcast for you. So let's get started. Here's your host, Kevin Perenio. Hey, it's KP coming to you live from Corona, California. I'm sorry for not getting my second video out last week. It was a short week and I tried to focus on family, but I have so much to go through today. I hope I can get through it all. So bear with me. We're going to talk about half a millimeter sized nano robots that are remote controlled and walk like crabs. We're going to talk about the Orbitron, which is something I uh, had mentioned a few uh, videos ago. It's basically a portable nuclear fusion reactor to bring power at scale. It's amazing what's going on that these deflationary forces, which are being worked on to fight inflation, which, oh, by the way, maybe we've seen the peak, maybe not. But we're going to talk about all kinds of good macro data. And let's start with the huge Bureau of Labor Statistics jobs report, the May jobs report that came out last week. So on a backdrop of a 325 thousand jobs uh, projected to be created, there are 390,000 jobs. Sounds great, right? Better than expected. Lowest reading we've had since pre-pandemic 2020. So we've been seeing 400,000 a month, 500,000, 650,000 a month. This was only 390,000. Now, I want to temper this because there's a big difference between less good news and recession. So we may just be in what's known as a mid-market cycle or mid-cycle. Maybe we're getting towards the latter innings of that mid-cycle before we fall into a recession. We're not really sure. Some people have claimed we're in one now. Some people claim we're going to have one this year. Most people think it won't potentially start until next year. We definitely need to see more uh, consumers being hurt or hurting in the consumer. Remember, our economy is 70% GDP-driven by consumer spending. So we'll talk about consumer spending. And we're going to talk about what they're not doing right now, which is buying as many houses as before. But why? We've seen data saying existing home sales are down. And we're seeing it's about a two-and-a-half, three-month supply. And we're seeing that new home sales are down. You hear this nine-month supply number. But our good friend, Logan Motoshami, the lead housing analyst over at HousingWire, he basically broke that nine month down. Six of those months are homes that were started, new construction that were not yet completed. He makes a very interesting point because it's very important. Homes that are completed, new construction, have a 0.8 month supply. So still flying off the shelves. Maybe there's not 30 or 40 or 50 offers. Maybe there's five. I don't really know. Um, anecdotally, that's what we're hearing as well. And you're seeing some of the sellers and listing agents have to kind of change their strategy and come down and say, you know what, you can't just ask this pie in the sky number. Maybe you have to come down a little bit and we'll see a little bit more reasonable, less good prices there. But still growth, still home price appreciation, still overall good news. That's not recessionary. So if we're still in the mid-market and we're coming off this hot economy where everything was amazing, job growth, home price appreciation which Logan likes to say is savagely unhealthy, but 
normalizing here our market, normalizing our supply, normalizing home prices, normalizing all sorts of things in the economy, job growth, wage inflation, inflation of pricing. If it normalizes, moderates, cools off, that doesn't mean recession. So there's a big difference. So yes, things are in a downtrend, but we're coming off some really hot reads and hot economy. So on that note, the industry, this is really for the loan officers here. The industry talks about um, recession and when it's coming. And when it comes, we're going to have this big refi boom. But I want to make sure we're setting some proper expectations for everyone. There's no guarantee when that refi boom will come. And if and when it comes, which of course it will, will it be as good as the last one? Probably not. What if rates are just 4%? All the loans we did in the 3% range and high 2% range, they aren't moving. Why would someone want to refinance into a higher rate? Unless, of course, they're consolidating debt or potentially they're selling a home and moving. That old book that's at the historically lowest rates ever that were created from the most fiscal stimulus ever that was created by a bat soup-induced pandemic, that might not be recreated. So all I can say is that the loans we do today, which hopefully you're doing more of those, purchase money activities, those are the loans that will get refinanced in a year. Maybe we're calling it March of 23. Maybe it's July of 24 when rates start to come down. But when they come down, again, there's no guarantee that they're going to get lower to even make that old book move. So please don't use hope as a strategy. The best strategy is more purchases today to make sure we can set up for these purchases done now in this 5% range, high 4 Mid five, high five, that's what will get refinanced later. Plus, there'll be some equity gain in there a little bit. Maybe you can take some people to certain loan types into conventional, maybe remove MI, whatever the case may be will happen. But don't expect this massive refi boom to happen later and refi our old book. Okay, so back to the jobs report. Let's talk about some of the less good news. In that jobs report, there were a ton of jobs that were lost in retail. Now, leisure and hospitality gained jobs, but retail lost jobs. There's a big uh, thing going on here. Remember, prices of goods have gotten a little bit higher. And during the pandemic, when people were locked down and couldn't go out and um, have services like a restaurant or travel, they were buying goods. So now there's a little bit of a rollover where the consumer is buying and spending more money on services and less on goods. We've been seeing that in uh, you know, all of our retail sales numbers, but now we're seeing it in jobs loss. Rick Reeder is head of all global, chief investment officer of all global fixed income assets for BlackRock. They have like $10 trillion in assets. Two trillion of it is fixed income assets that he manages. He goes out on Bloomberg right on the Friday of the jobs report. You remember last month um, in May 6th, he said they're holding cash with two hands. And he thought that the job reports coming up might not be good. He said temp hires were flat, which is a sign that potentially um, the labor market might start to cool off. Well, this jobs report he pointed to and said, this is the lowest reading we've had. And he thinks this is our last good jobs report that we'll see for a while. He's noting you know, layoffs by a bunch of tech companies. Elon Musk is out there talking about potentially having 10% of his workforce. We're seeing right here in our industry, tons of the larger companies that were more refi-centric that were laying off uh, as well. So 
Um, do we think there's going to be explosive job growth or do we think it's more likely to have some cooling off and maybe some slack finally come out of the labor market? The Fed hopes so because they want inflation to cool. In that jobs report on Friday, wage inflation was up year over year, but it was up less than it was the prior month. So maybe wage inflation is cooling off, which means that price wage spiral that goes up that keeps feeding itself and feeding inflation nationally may start to cool off. And if that happens and this economy can hang in there and we can start to see maybe even gas prices come down or even food prices come down, then we'll start to see maybe even demand destruction from consumers to cause that. If gas prices get too high, maybe you just don't want to drive as much or maybe you cut out your road trips or maybe you can't afford um, an airline ticket. So now your services and your experiences, they start to come down just as the goods purchases have come down. Overall spending comes down for goods and services. Now you have less good news, less growth. Less growth doesn't mean recession. So will we have a recession or are we just having a cooling off period? Time will tell. Lots of data out there. I got about a minute left. I got so much I want to talk about. Um, gas demand is the lowest it's been at this point um, in nearly a decade. Um, market risk realized today becomes credit risk tomorrow. Remember, we've talked about the difference between credit and actual cash. It's out there. Big, uh, big retail in the S&P have been building up their inventory. Um, speaking of credit risk, Russia is about to default on a $1.9 million payment. So how about, you know, what's an unknown unknown? Russia defaulting on debt. What ripple effect will that have across the world and the economies? A hedge fund blowing up, companies being over levered. What if Apple stock comes down here in the coming months based on slowing growth? What will that do to the S&P and a lot of over-leveraged hedge funds that are trying to get out of it? Very interesting. Okay, uh, Avalanche Energy is creating a, a, a fusion 600,000-volt ion fusion reactor that you could plug in and power a whole community. And the nanobots, they're coming. They're the size of half a millimeter, and chips are being made at the size of one nanometer. Hey, it's KP coming to you live from Corona, California. Well, we've got some CPI report data coming out tomorrow. The Consumer Price Index, huge inflation read. That's all everyone's talking about. Even people that are not economists are talking about inflation. It seems to be dominating the headlines for quite some time and uh, maybe for the foreseeable future. Uh, but all these data points we look at to make judgments on where the economy is going. And on that note, just want to give... Um, a little uh, highlight to an economist in our industry that recently passed away this uh, this past weekend. Uh, Frank Nothaf, he is um, the chief economist for CordLogic. He was with Freddie Mac in their um, economic analysis unit for 25 years before joining CordLogic in 2015. Unfortunately, passed away at the age of 66. Um, had a chance to see him speak on a couple of different occasions. He would uh, go to the New, uh, the New England Mortgage Bankers um, Association show. I guess that would be in um, uh, Newport, Rhode Island. Um, obviously, he would come to some of the Core Logic events, uh, which you know I, I live in Orange County now, the last six years, and uh, Core Logic is uh, right in town. And um, he was uh, a wonderful man and uh, very uh, uh, very bright spot for our industry. So uh, you know, uh, 
rest in peace, Frank Nothaft, and uh, our thoughts and prayers go out to your family, and of course, the CoreLogic and Freddie Mac families as well. Um, but you know he would be watching this report coming out tomorrow, the CPI report. Will inflation remain high? 8.2% is the headline number. That's what it was in the last reading. The month-over-month reading, I believe, was 0.6 or 0.9% to be exact. Will it be less good news or less bad news? That's what we're going to find out tomorrow. Um, inflation, um, even if it has peaked, if it remains elevated over time, it will erode people's purchasing power, the power of the dollar over time. And of course, you look at the stock market, a lot of what's going on in the stock market and why our 401ks are getting hit um, these last couple months is uh, a lot to do with inflation. So uh, we talk a lot about these data points out here and um, how they impact housing and people making decisions. You know, one um, you know, one thing that is in that CPI basket of goods, um, you know, that uh, consumers pay for, um, you know, rents, rent inputs, housing costs. Uh, we saw a report from the Mortgage Banker Association come out um, at the end of May that said the average home price monthly payment has gone up about $300 in a year. So $300 more. So what are we doing as originators to help save money? Are you finding cheaper insurance? Are you finding cheaper title? Um, are you finding uh, less expensive mortgage insurance if it's a conforming loan? Uh, what are we doing to help reduce those payments and offset uh, that as one of the items for inflation? We saw, you know, used cars, the prices went up some crazy amount, you know, 45% uh, year over year. Uh, well, it's still up 45% uh, since the pre-pandemic level. I saw, uh, speaking of economists that wear bow ties, um, our good friend, uh, the bow tie economist Elliot Eisenberg, um, he put out a uh, an email talking about the wholesale price of used cars, and um, he uh, he said that they've inched up in May 0.7 percent. They're up just nine percent year over year, uh, but they're up about 55 percent pre-COVID levels. Think about that. Just buying a used car has gotten super expensive. That's a huge input. Then you got to put gas in the tank, and here in California, it's Ridiculous, the amount of money uh, that, uh, you know, we're unable as the largest, you know, holder of oil reserves in the world. Somehow, as a country, we just uh, are going to continue to tax ourselves and not get it right. So look at all these input costs and how expensive they've become. And it hurts the average consumer. I mean, that's a it's inflation is a tax. It will erode your wealth. And if inflation is rising at 8.2 percent, according to the CPI number, uh, are you making an 8.2% raise this year? You know, you, your, your cash, if it sits in a bank, it's worth less because you're not making 8.2% interest rate. You know what does appreciate typically over 8.2%, at least according to the home price index information, real estate. So as we educate and provide financial literacy in our communities, realtors, originators, we have to band together at the local level and get people who are renting into homes. You may not be able to stay in the same area you're at. By the way, rent is up too. Maybe you might have to work uh, in, in, you know, remotely, or maybe you have to move outside of town and have a little longer commute, but you got to open a door. Remember, if you pay uh, a renter, a landlord, you pay rent, you're paying 100% interest rate. So even if the rates are at 5.2 or 5.15 or whatever the Freddie Mac rate is, which has not quite made its way over to 5.375% yet, but if you're paying that rate, it's still cheaper than 100% because when you rent, you get nothing in return other than the roof over your head and you are making that landlord rich 
to the tune of 20% appreciation, by the way. Um, I saw when it comes to inventory decline, uh, you know, uh, our good friend, again, uh, Elliot Eisenberg, he put out a note talking about um, housing inventory declining. And, um, you know, the, the housing inventory actually increased for the first time in three years, year over year. Housing inventory went up 11% in the month of May of this year compared to May of 21. It is still down 50% below its pre-pandemic level, if you think about that, the inventory. And like I mentioned on my video uh, the other night, um, housing uh, lead housing analyst uh, Logan Motoshami at Housing Wire, um, he said that new construction, when it's complete, is off the shelf and sold in less than a month. So the supply of new construction that's built is less than a month. So uh, still got a long ways to go in this, um, as he likes to say, savagely unhealthy uh, market. Okay, speaking of ways to help people get into homes, we're talking about these payments going on, we're talking about inflation. Um, the FHFA um, is working, obviously, on programs um, to, uh, to basically put those who are under, uh, underserved um, in houses. And one of the ways they're thinking about doing it is through what's called um, a credit, an SPCP. So I believe it was um, a special purpose credit program. So it's something that's being um, explored by the FHFA. The Mortgage Banker Association has come out and said that they're all for it. It's basically a way to find, um, uh, get over that initial hurdle of the down payment, which we know is super expensive. So for those that meet certain classifications, income, uh, and demographics, they would be able to get a credit. It's not out there yet, but these things are coming. Oh, by the way, Hometown Heroes program in the state of Florida. I just moved from Florida six years ago to California. I lived in Fort Lauderdale for 13 years and Tampa for six months. Um, the governor there, Ron DeSantis, um, he and his team, they put out, um, I think about almost $100 million, if I'm not mistaken. Um, basically, it's down payment assistance for veterans. Um, Hometown Heroes program, um, look into it. It's great, uh, great information. Um, the way the law is written, it is only for retail loan officers. So it's unfortunately not for third-party originators. Not yet, but um, there is a petition going around uh, by the Florida Association of Mortgage Professionals to try and get that law amended to also allow third-party originators to take part in that. So um, if you are a lender or work for a lender and you have Florida presence, hometown heroes. You know, we talk about um, the evolution of our industry and how we keep trying to change well, there's been an, also an evolution um, in uh, uh, diversity programs. Now, we used to call it, um, you know, uh, D&I, you know, diversity and inclusion. And um, how do we help the underserved? How do we help, uh, you know, minority uh, communities um, get more people in the houses? Um, and that evolved into the term of itself evolved into DE&I, diversity, equity. And inclusion. And I love the E because equity is what we're all about. We got like $11 trillion in tappable equity doing cash out loans out there. But if you don't own a house, you have no equity. So how do we create diverse programs inclusive of people that need assistance to help them create equity? And then I saw another letter added just last week. Diversity, equity, inclusion, and access. D-E-I and A. Access. You're getting access to capital through the state of Florida with this Hometown Heroes program. We're getting access to capital through this FHFA program and these um, special uh, purpose credit programs. Access to capital. Who gives access? Independent mortgage bankers, 
local mortgage professionals and originators and real estate agents in the community providing financial literacy and teaching people how to get access to liquidity. That's what we do. And never has there been a time more important for us to help serve our communities that we're in, especially for those that are underserved, because we have the reach. So I love the fact that all of this is evolving. Even if the market is a little down from where it was a year ago, it's still very strong. I'm going to throw in one cool quote I saw from our good friend Conan O'Brien. If you hung with me this long, um, Conan O'Brien signed a $150 million five-year deal with SiriusXM. And he said, when I started in television, my ultimate goal was to work my way up to radio. He's a pretty funny guy. Have a great weekend. Cheers. You've been listening to KP Talks Dollars and Cents, a top-rated show for those who want to learn about the economy and mortgage environment. Tune in each week for more episodes, and please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Kevin Perenio does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through KP Talks Dollars and Cents. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice. For more info, follow KP Talks Dollars and Cents on all of our social channels.